Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Hey friends, today I want to talk about collaborations. I've gotten quite a few questions in recent months about how I think about collaborations and how I approach them. And I think I have some ideas to share that will be useful for you. I see a lot of people making decisions on collaborations and I'm not going to lie. I see some red flags. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, don't do that. Or if not so much like doing that is bad, but you're going to see some of that backfire when you choose for this kind of reason over that kind of reason. And so basically I want to share with you what I observe, what I think, and how I personally make decisions around collaborations. And I want to be careful to say, I'm not saying that my way is the only right way. I'm not saying that everyone who does anything different is doing it wrong or doing it bad. I'm not saying that my way is the best way. However, this is my podcast and I'm going to talk about what works for me. So if you don't agree a hundred percent with my approach, that is 100% cool. And just, you know, listen for any nuggets that do make sense to you and resonate with you. Because like I always say, you are the number one authority on your business. You are literally the boss. You get to decide. And just because I said something and you like me, it doesn't mean you have to change your mind. Think critically. Be your own person. Make your own decisions. If you're ever conflicted about something, go put your ideas to the test and gather data. Never have someone else replace your ultimate authority to make decisions for your own business. So I make that caveat because it's very important for me to me to remind people to not substitute their judgments with my own. So with that said, let me tell you my thoughts on collaborations. I kind of have four sort of bullet points I jotted down before I started to record, sort of four larger categories of thoughts that I have. So here's number one. I think that I see a lot of people do collabs that are self-interested, meaning, ooh, if I collaborate with this person, I'll get access to their audience. Or if I collab with that this person, you know, I'll be able to get this. And you also get a lot of pitches for collaborations that are basically like, if you collaborate with me, you'll get this. So, I mean, some of it is normal, obviously, right? Like none of us is completely selfless and that doesn't even make sense when it comes to business. Like you, you want to look out for yourself, obviously, but that is not really how I approach collabs. I don't do self-interested collabs. Because, by, by which I mean, I don't approach them thinking, ooh, what am I going to get out of it? I bet I'm going to get this and this and this. I bet I can take advantage of this person's this and that. I struggled to think of like what to call the alternative because I thought selfless collapse. And I'm like, that's not really, it's not about really being selfless. It's not about being Mother Teresa. But I really think of it more as like service-centered collaborations where you are asking yourself like, where can I give? Where can I be the most useful? Where can I lend what I have to support someone else? So most recently, if you've been, you know, following me for the past 
hmm, I don't know, half a year, you can see that I have done two major pieces of collaborations. I have done one in the fall of last year with David Bedrick on the course on shame. And I have been doing my current collaboration with Melissa Tears on the best fucking coaching course. And with both of them, when the idea of the collaboration was floated for the first time, it wasn't like, ooh, I bet it would benefit me if I work with them to do this. It was always like, oh my gosh, for both of them, right? Like I was like, David's work is so fucking amazing. Like the world needs to know about it. And if I can lend my, you know, talents and my whatever platform in any way so that this work can find more people and benefit the world, it would be an honor, right? That is honestly what I thought about collabing with David And that is exactly what I think about collaborating with Melissa as well. Right now on the coaching course, from the first moment that it was, it was brought up, I was like, it would be an honor because what you do is so fucking amazing and the world needs to know it. And if I could help, you know, towards that, absolutely. Right. So it was very much like wanting to you know, support something really worthy, wanting to promote something that is worthy of promotion. And it was sort of about about wanting to prop up something that I deeply believed in as opposed to an energy of what do I get out of this? I hope that makes sense, right? I don't really know what to call it. I I was like, do I call it service-centered mindedness or do I call it, I don't know. It's not, I don't love the word selfless because it's not really about that. Obviously, I do it because, you know, I get some kind of benefit from it. However, to me, what has always driven me towards collaborations is when I find something, when I find someone where I believe in their work so fucking much that I would just be happy. I'd be so happy to serve the mission, right? Maybe I can call it mission-based club. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so obsessed with naming things. I'm like, everything has to have a name, (laughs) But not everything has to have a name. And I think you know what I'm talking about, where I'm not asking myself, what can I get from this? How does this benefit me? But rather, I this is so worthy and I want to serve this mission. I want to serve this person's work. I want to help this person. It would be a pleasure for me and an honor for me to be part of this work flowering in the world. Like that, I think, has brought so much joy to me from doing these collaborations and like so much of business collaborations are way more fun when you're in giving energy, when you're in serving energy, as opposed to, you know, I want to get, get, get energy. So that's the first thing. Don't do self-interested collabs. Don't do collabs from a, I want to get, get, get energy. Do it from an energy of wanting to serve something that is really meaningful to you that you super duper believe in. That is bigger than you. That's number one. Number two is I see this a lot amongst new practitioners, new newbies in business and marketing, where I see a lot of people going for collaborations with their peers because they aren't confident carrying something on their own. I remember I was coaching this person on designing their brand new program that they wanted to create with another creator. And... I was asking, why are you collaborating with this person? I mean, not like, 
you know, I was just curious, right? Like, oh, who is this other person? Why are you doing this together? And at first, that person was like, oh, it's because, you know, we are very aligned and da 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 And the way that she was talking about it, it gave me like a little bit of, I was like, hmm, there's something that's not matching up here. And I just like intuitively, you know, asked the question of, would you not trust yourself to do this on your own? Because I'm hearing you talk about it and you are the real expert on this. And so what are you gaining from this collaboration? I don't understand. Like I literally didn't understand. And she kind of had like a, like a laughing slash also breaking down at the same time moment. She was like, Oh my God, you're right. Like I'm believing that I'm not enough. Like, it's not attractive enough if it's just me or like I'm not powerful enough, I'm not whatever enough to carry it on my own even though I know I'm the real expert. That only stayed with me, like the face, her face when she realized, oh, like what I thought was this great collaboration was actually just me not being able to believe in myself. And listen, I have so been there. I can't even tell you the number of collaborations I did when I was... It was much earlier in my career, and I don't want to say they're bad at all. Like, you know, I learned a lot from many of them. I had fun with a lot of them, and a lot of them are good. And it's good to, you know, one thing I always say is that when you're in the earlier stages of business, meaning when you are before the stage where you are consistently bringing in the income that you want through your business, anything earlier than that, I say, is that you're in the growth stage, mess around, try stuff you know, and so what if it fails? So what if it doesn't, you know, whatever, just be willing to try stuff. So, you know, I'm very much against like being too precious about like doing the right thing at that point, because you just want to experiment as much as possible to get a sense of who you are and how you like to work and how you best deliver your gifts. But so I'm not saying don't do collaborations. However, just notice if you're doing collaborations because you don't, trust yourself to carry it on your own, right? It's like there's a party. Ooh, I feel kind of shy going by myself. So I'm going to ask my best friend to come with me. There's a new club and I don't feel weird going alone. I'm going to tag along with these people. That's totally fine in normal life. But think about it. You are a change worker. You are a leader. Like if you want to sell a service of this kind, you are offering yourself to lead people and to help them, you're saying, hey, I have your back. I have the expertise. Trust me. And you have that going on. And on the side, you what you also have going on is like, but I don't really trust myself. So I'm going to use this other collaboration partner as a crutch because oh, I'm not sure I got this on my own. Do you see the dissonance there? Like that is not 100% congruent energy and therefore it's going to be problems. And the thing is, you know, if you want to thrive as an entrepreneur, if you want to be consistently generating income, if you want to you really expand into your full potential to make an impact, make money, all the things, you really want to ultimately develop the muscles of going by yourself, of trusting yourself, having your own back, letting some things fail sometimes and, and, you know, allow yourself to experience disappointment and challenges and learn how to be resilient and creative and resourceful through all of that. Like ultimately that is what's going to carry you, right? I also was just 
rereading Rachel Rogers' book, We Should All Be Millionaires, the fabulous Rachel Rogers. And one of the chapters, for some reason, I think I skipped this chapter earlier, but one of the chapters, she talks about something really big and kind of the way I see it, it was like traumatic happened. I don't know if she sees it as traumatic. I don't know if she used that word, but I was like, damn, this is how. So it was exactly this story is that earlier on in her career, when she was still an attorney, you know, and she was kind of starting to sell courses at the same time, someone suggested that they do a collaboration and split the profit 50-50, right? Rachel in the book talks about how one of her friends said, hey, it's, the proposal is that you split 50-50, but in reality, it's all your intellectual property. It's mostly your work. So why are you splitting 50-50? You should just do it on your own. And Rachel in the book talks about how she heard that friend's advice and was still like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I don't have her audience. It'll help me. Da, 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 da. And so Rachel talked herself into thinking that, you know, she needs the other partner in order to to be able to get the business, even though the work was 100% hers, you know, the intellectual property was 100% hers. And then it turned into a thing where it wasn't, it ended up not being fair to her. And it turned into a giant lawsuit that dragged out multiple years. And they had to work, work out. So Rachel in the book tells us as a warning story. (laughs) And I just remembered it because I was literally just rereading this chapter just like three days ago. And it's a perfect example of what it could cost you, right? And and, and Rachel actually specifically talks about it cost me so much money only because I didn't believe in myself enough to think that, you know, that I could own my intellectual property, that I could be the one to sell it, you know? And then the minute that she launched it on her own, it was just as successful as it had been with the other person. So I don't know all the details. I mean, I don't want to misremember somebody else's details, but you know what I mean? Like that's, it just really nailed the point home for me. You have no idea how much you might be giving up. You have have no idea how much you might be under serving, underselling yourself by thinking, ooh, I could benefit from this collaboration. I need this person to you know, I need this person's audience. I need this person's reach. I need this person's expertise. You know, without devaluing the other person, what if we revalue you? What if you on your own for your own ideal clients is better than you with any other collaborator, right? Obviously, this is not me being anti-collaboration, but it is me being anti collaboration that is undertaken in the spirit of I'm not enough on my own. Okay. So that's a big one. That's a second point about collaborations. And third, I think this is pretty obvious, but I just have to say it because I've seen it. Please don't ever do a collaboration as a favor to someone or because you want to be nice to them or because they asked really, really nicely and you just wanted to help them out. I have just talked to way too many people (laughs) that said yes to things because they wanted to be nice and it just didn't end well. It just, uh, just don't do it. Okay. The other person, whoever it is, they don't need you to be their savior. Just, you know, if you ever feel yourself in that being in that emotional state of like, Oh, I want to do them a favor. Unless you don't mind if it turns out very unlike you think, (laughs) just don't do it. Okay, I do have to add this as a caveat. Like, 
there's a big difference between where you are 100% just like, if you can hear my baby crying, I'm sorry. I'm doing this as a favor and 100% of me is feeling joyful about it. Like it is brings joy, unadulterated joy in my heart to be able to help someone out do it. But what I'm really talking about is the kind of thing where you want to do them a favor, but that feeling is slightly mixed in with a little bit of, a little bit of like saviorism, a little bit of pity, like, oh, they need this from you. And on the one hand, it feels good to help. And on the other hand, you feel like a little bit like, oh, they need my help. Like that kind of thing. That's what I'm talking about is don't do that. You know, if you want to help someone out and no matter what happens, you would just a hundred percent be, you know, so happy to just just help them out, do that. That's different from what I'm saying. What I'm talking about is when that is mixed in with something else where you'd be resentful if, I don't know, if they weren't whatever. If there is any potential for resentment, don't do it. Last one, the fourth point, I want to tell you how I feel about how I make decisions with all the invitations for collaborations that I get. How do I decide? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? Here is my criteria for filtering collaboration requests. Like when I say collaboration requests, I'm covering everything from like, hey, let's do a course together to let's do a podcast collaboration. Let's do a masterclass. Let's do whatever. It's like anything. There's a lot of stuff on the spectrum. And let me tell you, I figured this out the hard way. And once again, I'm not saying this is the only right way. I'm not saying you should do what I do. I'm just saying this is what I landed on that is right for me and has been for a good while. My criteria for filtering uh, collaboration requests is if it's not something where I'd be delighted to do it for free and for no personal benefit to me, I don't do it at all. I say no. Let me give you an example. I get a lot of invitations to teach in other people's containers, and I am really grateful and honored to receive them. And I have to decline a lot of them because, you know, there's just only so much room in my calendar. However, one time I guest instructed, guest coach taught at, at a container by my Norwegian colleague, Ida Jackson. And it was like a Q&A kind of thing, right? It's like a lot of her people had known of me and they were all Norwegian. <laughs> and so part of it was they were like talking in Norwegian. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> but a lot of it was in English. And if you, I don't know if you're listening, Ida, but I love you and I love your community. What I'm trying to say is that when I was finished teaching that class and being with her people, I was so fucking filled up in my soul. I was like, oh, that was so delicious. Like, I love that so much. I feel like I got paid. I was paid in actual money, but I feel like more than that, I feel like I got paid in like soul nourishment. It felt so good. It felt so good. And I feel like it felt like I got paid so richly in soul nourishment that I didn't even like need the money, right? I mean, I still received the money, but to me, I felt like even if I did this for free, I would be grateful to them because of how wonderful it feels to be with those people and have those conversations. So credit to you, Ida, for creating such an amazing space. And so after that, when Ida asked me to come back and do it again, I was like, no brainer. You know, and it was not like not doing it for the money, not doing it to whatever 
but I would do this for free and you're going to pay me. The payment is just cherry on top of the cake. And I, another relationship where I have this is with my colleague, Sunny Smith's program, Empowering Women Physicians. I have gone in and um, given a couple of talks in there. Same thing. I don't know. These are, these people are like soul sisters to me. And every time I go talk to their people, I'm like, I don't even care if I get paid or not. This is just so, it's good for me to be here. Right. And for a while, I was actively noodling on how I create more of a business where I feel at home and where I feel so comfortable and, and in a sense, I feel a sense of belonging and it's easy and pleasurable and joyful. And one of the criteria for me was that doing things like speaking at Ida's or Sunny's groups, right? Where it wasn't about I get paid and I get good exposure. If those things happen, that's great. But really, I would do this for free because wow, it gives me so much in my soul to be able to have those experiences. If it doesn't feel like, fuck, I'd be delighted to do that for free. I, it would be an honor for me to be there. You know, and a lot of the times I'm obviously not against being paid. I love being paid actually. But my favorite is when the payment just feels like, a nice bonus. And it's not the main thing. If I wouldn't be delighted to do it for free, I don't do it at all. And kind of ties it, tying it into the first point I made, you know, with my sort of bigger, more significant, longer term collaborations that I did with David Bedrick and Melissa Tears, I was honestly doing it from a mental place of, I would work for Melissa, I would work for David for free. And in the spirit of like, I have so much respect for them. I have so much admiration for them. I think the world of their work. And I thank my heavenly stars that I ever met them, that I ever got to benefit from their work, that I ever got to be friends with them. And it's like, oh my gosh, if all I get paid in is good karma and, you know, feeling good in my soul, I would be so happy to lend whatever I have to help their work reach more people right? So again, it's all versions of like, I'm saying yes to this collaboration with David. I'm saying yes to this collaboration with Melissa because I fucking do it for free. And the fact that I make a bunch of money from it, even better, but it feels like a cherry on top of the cake. To me, that is always my favorite way to make money, cherry on top of the cake. By the way, this is another reason that I've always consistently said no to people who make collaboration requests and their leading sort of point, like what they led with is, you know, we have 500 million people listening to this podcast and we have, you know, the 10 million people on the email list. And if you participate in this summit, then, you know, your name will be blasted to tens of millions. And when that's the primary selling point, it's almost always a reflexive no for me because I, I'm sorry, I don't really care. <laughs> to get in front of 10 million people on your email. It's like, I don't know who those people are. I don't know if they're aligned with me. And I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that I'm above wanting lots of people to, you know, hear my message. Like, definitely not at all. But to me, that in and of itself is not like a soul-stirring reason at all. And the thing is, if I let myself be, like, make decisions based on, 
you know, consistently based on where I can get the most exposure, where I can get the greatest amount of eyeballs. I have found that what quickly happens is that my schedule, my calendar turns into something that I don't really want to be in. (laughs) I'm like, whose calendar is this? I don't like this calendar, right? And it just doesn't feel good to me to be in a kind of, you know, audience hustling mode. That never felt good to me. And guess what? That has never been necessary. That has never been necessary just to go after all the biggest numbers as possible. You really can create the business you want while prioritizing quality over quantity of people. Now, having said all that, I want to say there was a time and a part of me, I'm, I'm going to be honest with y'all, right? Like a part of me being able to do this is that now I'm at a point where I have more you know, people interested in my work than I can say yes to. I have more invitations and requests that I get than I can say yes to. And I'm in a a place to be able to filter. And that's a privilege. Not everyone's in this position. And I feel very fortunate. And for a long time, you know, saying yes to everything was my strategy. And saying yes to whatever opportunity, seeking out whatever opportunity, that is what you should do, you know, I'm always very careful with the word should, but you know what I mean? That's a nice thing to do when you're building your business, when nobody knows who you are and you just want to be able to spread the word wherever you can. And like I said, the most important thing you can do when you're in that growth phase is to just have as many different experiences as possible so you can get a sharper kind of self-awareness for who you are as a practitioner and as an entrepreneur. So do I think that being a lot more liberal about taking on collaborations, you know, when you're starting out, when you're building your practice is a good, smart thing. Fucking absolutely. That's what I would recommend for everyone, right? Well, not everyone, most people. (laughs) I'm so careful. You, You guys can tell I'm paranoid to give advice because one size of advice definitely does not fit all. Even if you are starting out, you're going to want to exercise some some discernment and say, there's all these opportunities available to me, but I have certain criteria for like value alignment. And because, you know, you might not be making millions of dollars, but that also doesn't mean you have infinite energy and time to give to whoever asks, right? So you can, and totally should have your own filtering criteria, But being more kind of fearless and, you know, going in with a spirit of experimentation and a spirit of service, like wherever I show up, wherever wherever I am invited to collaborate, I'm going to bring the best in me. I'm going to serve like that's great, too. I think if I were to sum it all up, it's to come from a spirit of generosity and to do things that really do collaborations that really make your heart sing, that really nourish your soul and also to make a point of really trusting yourself to be enough and trusting that you are enough of a star on your own to be able to carry anything you want. And if that requires some trial and error, it's worth it. Your business is worth it. Your gifts are worth it. I hope that helps and I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time.